Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to a special Take Two Radio Soaps in Review. I'm David, your host. Today is a very special night for us. This is our Christmas book giveaway uh, and for all soap, for um, soap-related matters, and we'll get more into that later. But first, I would like to introduce our newest co-host joining us tonight, Anthony. Anthony, welcome to Take to Radio Soaps and Review. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Okay. Um, Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, My name is Anthony. I'm Anthony Corona. I'm Italian from Staten Island, New York. I am somewhere around 40. Please don't ask me my real age because I lie (laughs) and enjoy lying about it. (laughs) That's something I get from soaps, I think. Um, (laughs) um, Okay, so I've been immersed in the soap world since I'm three years old. I started watching all three of the ABC soaps with my grandmother. And um, by the time I went to school, I was so fixated that I couldn't wait to get off the bus at 225 so I could get home to at least see half of One Life to Live in General Hospital. Um, Years later, I started flipping during the commercials. I became a huge fan of Days of Our Lives. When the two soaps on, on ABC were defunct, I followed them over to Prospect Park, praying that that would work. Uh, sadly, it didn't. Um, but I also, at that point, joined uh, The Young and the Restless and The Bulls and the Beautiful. I had previously flitted with As the World Turns. I have, I have a very extensive background. Um, I worked for the Associated Press for 10 years in the entertainment division, covered a lot of soap events, um, including uh, all of the um, Super Soap Weekends down in Orlando. And, um, you know, I love the genre. I have daytime and nighttime soaps, but, you know, primarily daytime soaps. And um, I love to write. Um, I'm currently not with the Associated Press now. I do features for them. I started losing my eyesight about two years ago, and I'm reimmersing myself into living, you know, with no borders or boundaries. And I'm really glad to be here. This is my first kind of foray back onto any kind of blogging or talk shows. I previously worked on did guest appearances on a few others. Um, and I don't know. What else do you guys want to know? We used to do a lot of call tagging around, I think. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was to a- follow you around. I swear I used to tag you. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I've made a lot of friendships in the business. So, um, you know, I, I like to promote and, you know, whenever anybody had a secret um, um, marketing that they wanted to roll out, I used to get emails like, oh, can you help us out with this? And it would be, did you hear? And um, I enjoyed doing all that. So it's it's nice to slowly kind of come back into the world. Oh, it's great to have you here. Thank you. So- it's great to be here. What is your favorite Welcome. soap up today? Um, you know, it depends on the day, if you ask me currently. <laughs> um, you know, my, my history, my longest history would be obviously General Hospital. I've, I've been watching it for over 30 years. I do remember Luke and Laura. Um, <laughs> um, 
you know, but I have a, I have a, I have a strong love for three of them and one that I love at times and frustrates me more often than I love it. Shall I say what it is? <laughs> no, go ahead. We're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> as much as as much as I gain a lot of entertainment from the Bold and the Beautiful, the style <laughs> frustrates me often. I think they're way too stuck in triangles. But other than that, it is still very entertaining. And um, the other three, I have my loves and hates, but I I love them more than I hate. <laughs> Well, I think we, this is Pam, by the way, I think we pretty much feel the same way. I mean, you and I discussed this on the phone previous to you, um, you know, joining us tonight. And and I love every single actor and actress on The Bold and the Beautiful, and I do enjoy a lot of the storylines. But, yeah, I think it's time to move out of those uh, triangles and quadrangles and, you know, stuff like that. Um and maybe bringing in new faces instead of Brooke, you know, dating all the foresters and you know, marrying them all. <laughs> Don't you hate them, Brooke Logan? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I love her. I love her, and I, I love Catherine, but um, she needs a, a fresh face. I mean, I guess in a way she's getting a fresh face with Ingelrod Macher coming in, but yeah. he's still he's still Thorn. I mean, come on. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I I don't know um, who this Ingo Thorn is you speak of. <laughs> I'm not Captain of Thorn, but that's a different <laughs> story. <laughs> I mean, I love Ingo from General Hospital, and it's going to take a lot for me to see him as Thorn. Um, Windsor Harmon has always been Thorn to me. I, I didn't watch it back um, back then, but I, I've seen a lot of clips of Thorn and Macy, um, and I was a big Windsor Harmon fan from God, back from the All My Children days. Uh, yeah. It oh, seems yeah. to me, you know, the beginnings of of Ingo on there, he is, he's bringing very much Jack's like acting to the Thorn character, and I don't know if that's true to the character or not. But it, it I, I find it a little frustrating. I think he's a great actor, and I think he's going to bring a lot to the show. But I don't know if the fan base that's used to Thorn can see him as Thorn with so much of the Jack's kind of swagger that he brings. Yeah, well, and I mean, issue, I, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, my main issue is is he's not being written as Thorn. I'm definitely, you know, just because you recast somebody, I don't think you stop writing who the character is. You just let the actor bring their own thing into it. But right. Thorn, this isn't Thorn, you know. He's walking around, and every lady is swooning over him. That's not Thorn. That was more Ridge's character. Right, um, right. Thorn kind of developed romances from his silent charm. That's what attracted him. That's what attracted Darla to him. That's what attracted Macy to him. All these girls going, oh, my God, it's Thorn. Oh, I can't wait to get in his pants. You know, that's... Yeah, not Thorn. That's always been Ridge's character. So that's my issue. Right. He's just not being written as Thorn. Right, right. 
and and not having an accent throws it off for me too. Even though not Thorn <laughs> has an accent, but you know, watching him on GA for so many years with his accent, and then all of a sudden here he is talking like an American. I'm like, this just. It doesn't fit the face that I've been used to, you know. <laughs> and I, I think what it's going to come down to is the same thing as when they recast Ridge. People are either going to love the new Thorn or hate the new Thorn. Yeah. I see yeah. people who, the people I see having a problem are the people like me, the people who watch General Hospital loved him as Jax on GH, but the people who have never seen General Hospital, because believe it or not, there are Bull fans who have never, ever seen an episode of GH, they aren't having a problem with him, actually. I'm in a lot of Bull groups, and I see, oh, he's so sexy, he's so good as Storm, I like this Storm. And then you see the people who have watched him on General Hospital, and they're like, what the hell is Jax doing in L.A. out of Australia? I mean, so it's really just a personal opinion thing. You can't call the coin either way. I mean, it's very split down the middle of who loves him and who hates him. Right. And to me, you have to look at the actor, you know. You can't always just say, oh, no, forget it. That's not Ron Moss. I ain't watching, you know. Because I I think that um, Thorsten has done a phenomenal job. I think Thorsten bit in and refused not to take that character on as his own. Um, they made a mistake when they first brought him on by writing the character so swoony versus Ron. Um, and, and they rectified that quickly because Thorn, uh, Thorn, um, Thorsten stepped up to the plate and, and really took the soap. He, he took the character, took the soap and, and, Fans recognized it rather more quickly than I would have thought. Um, now he he owns it, and um, hopefully Engel can do the same thing with Thorn. Right. Well, exactly. my thing is is with Torsten. Um, you know, I already discussed my gripes about him. So here comes Torsten. Um, I always say Torsten. his name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the age is kind of silent almost. Right. Um, but my thing with Torsten is that with, they brought his character on in the wrong way because they didn't have Taylor. At the time, they didn't have Steffi because Jackie McKinnis Wood came back a couple months later because she left for a bit. Right. And so they didn't have all these components that helped Ridge be the character he was, and that didn't work in Torsten's paper. I'm sorry. I'm and having a little bit hard time hearing you because there's a lot of background noise. If you guys could keep it down, please. Thank you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm the whip, girl. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> my thing is, is that Torsten, to me, is not Ridge in the sense it's not Ron. It's just not, again, how the character is being written. Brooke and Ridge no longer work because they're not writing a romance. Ridge and Brooke had something more than just him proposing to her every six months. And so that's my problem with Torsten. 
playing the role of Ridge is because of the writing. It's not there. In order for a recast to work, and this goes back to Ingo, in order for a recast to work, the writing has to be there too. And the writing hasn't been there since Torsten came on as Ridge. And in turn, the writing's not there for Ingo. So it's more of a writer's issue um, than an actor issue. Right. Um, right. Can I respectfully disagree? No, we I, I agree that the writing wasn't there for Ridge, but I think that he just bit in and said, no matter what, I'm going to make this character my own. And kind of acted around what they've thrown him in. If you look at a lot of the scenes back when they paired him up with Katie, that just was so not Ridge. So he created his own sort of We have a caller. We have a caller. It's Candace. Who, Candace? Candace is on. Hi. It's our girl, Candace. What's up? <laughs> hey, Candace, how are you, dear? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys tonight? Great. Great. Are um, you, are you before we go any further, be, oh, before sorry, we go ahead. any further, let me go ahead and explain how this contest is going to work. For anybody listening in, um, what we're doing is, you know, we're going to do a recap of of each show like normal, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to I'm going to give a question about a particular soap or actor or something from that recap. So let's say it's Bold and the Beautiful. I'll give you a question about that, and then the first person to tweet to me the correct answer will win that particular book. And the books that I have for our giveaway are going to be for the Bold and the Beautiful. It's the People's Edition of the Bold and the Beautiful, Three Decades of Love, Lust, and Drama. For Days of Our Lives, it's going to be the Days of Our Lives, the True Story of One Family's Dream and the Untold History of Days of Our Lives by Ken Corday, or by Corday. Um For General Hospital, it's going to be Credence by Michael Easton. And for the Young and the Restless Prize, it's either going to be Eric Braden or Gene Cooper. It'll be your choice of which one you want. And there could possibly be a bonus book giveaway. Um, We'll just have to see how time goes. So... Um, you tweet it to me. Tweet the correct answer to me at Take Two Radio, and that's with the number two. So at Take Two Radio. So, I guess um, since we're gonna, Michael's running late or whatever, why don't we go ahead and have you guys start the recap for Bold and the Beautiful, since we're talking about it anyhow. Okay. Okay, sounds good to me. Sounds good. Okay, so past two weeks, Dorn is a designer, and he wants (laughs) Brooke. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'll try not to do that. Anthony, stop choking on your popcorn. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Case? Yeah. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Some, yep. Somebody start. Yep, go ahead, Case. Yeah, go oh, ahead. Okay, Thorn, Thorn as a designer, correct? Is that what we're discussing? Yes. Um, just one word is, um, and then I'll pass it on to somebody else. Uh, laughable. Okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> My word would have to be ambitious. <laughs> He was a little nicer than I was. <laughs> yeah, you might want to pass it and come back to me on this one. But oh, you know what? Here's long term. Here's what I'll say. This one is actually kind of true to character, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah. I just wish the beats would have been played more. Um, but it is kind of more close to who the character is than what they've tried to play with the sex and scandal part of it all. But, yeah, Thorne has always kind of been this wannabe designer just like Ridge. So if they play more of those beats, I can see the recast working out a little bit better. Um, Because, you know, we all remember the whole... Thorn going over the Spectra thing that lasted for like years and we all remember him trying to cut it in the 90s when he worked down in the basement part of Forrester so I mean this is kind of closer to his character but I say it's laughable because it's just not playing the beats and as we know it Thorn kind of gave up that life years ago, almost really before Darla died. And so, I mean, it's just, that's why it's kind of laughable that he all of a sudden found this passion again, the passion that burned inside of him after he worked so hard to burn it out. So, I mean. Well, let me cut in in there and say that, you know, Thorne had a lot go on with his life lately with all the deaths in his family, you know. So it it may have brought him to think about it in real life. You you know, when you have a lot of deaths like that in your family, especially, you know, a daughter or a wife and that, you you reevaluate yourself. And you sit down and you say, is this what I really want to do with the rest of my life? So to me, it's believable that he would want to do what he really wants to do. And it makes another good storyline as far as him and Ridge going against each other. Oh, but that might happen. You know, the whole, I'm tired of them thinking like this whole Ridge and Thorn rivalry is something like brand new and inventive because they've been fighting since day one of the show. And, you know, Thorn even went as far to shoot Ridge. I mean, so... They've just been fighting since day one of the show, and so I would like to see them pay attention more to who this character is 
rather than acting like this is just some brand new character that they came up with five years ago. Well, there's something, yes. I was going to say there's something that, that came up um, in the last week that I really enjoyed. I don't know much of Thorne's history other than him and Macy. Um, but, you know, I've read a lot about the soap itself. Um, I like that he's thrown in that that Ridge is really a Maroney. Um, I think that that's a storyline that they let flat and left, and no one ever mentions it. In the heat of anger, that should have been Mm -hmm. mentioned by everyone. Steffi, um, uh, Rick, you know, uh, even Quinn could could have thrown that in his face um, in the last couple of months, and no one ever does. And I like, I'm wondering if that's going to be, if that's, you know, the precursor to really opening up that storyline again. Well, and here's the thing, you know, they really should build off that Maroney aspect of the story because, one, Joe Muscolo is dead in real life, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. God, I still miss him. Um, So they need to deal with Massimo, I feel like. Um, Another thing is, is I don't think Eric ever adopted Ridge. I think that it's still how they left it, where they just had Eric sign the birth certificate, and then the truth came out all those years later, and they never changed it. Right. So legally, in the legal aspect of things, he's not a forester, which, in a way, you could have the whole business aspect of, oh, they could fight over his shares. And I don't think that's ever happened. No, and that'd be a great way to kind of phase out the whole triangle portion of the storyline and oh, still have them fighting with each other and snarking. B&B, B&B, has always, oh, B&B has always been big on triangles, but mm-hmm. they used to always be very big on business. Like this, yep. Bill Bell set out to have this show really talk about business and the business. Like, on Wyandar, they did it, but it was always more campy stuff. Um, Like, Jill would be like, oh, I'm going to sleep with so-and-so to see if I can stack up some shares in Jabot. But B&B used to be an actual business soap opera. So I feel like if you've got that story going on with trying to snatch up Bridges' shares and you've got the triangle going on, it's like, Hello, 1987 again. Yeah. I have a sidebar question. Do we know with um with her political aspirations if she was staying? Um, Kimberly Brown is actually in the running for Congress right now. She's in a race. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think after this year contracts up, she's definitely not going to resign. Okay. Yeah, Unless they heard. threw, like, a boatload of money at her, then it might be the whole I couldn't resist thing, and I'll sign on for, like, six more months. If they get show a good storyline, yeah. So that, that's kind of, so you think that she'll leave right after? Oh, I definitely, and especially if her race goes well, then definitely um, but even if it doesn't, she might just leave period to really, you know, turn her full attention to her political stance, um, which by all means, I would actually take a political race over a soap right now. Um, 
show that'd be my and especially since the Sheila story has fell flat and done really nothing for ratings. Um yeah, I would take the political race over the soap. <laughs> agreed. Very much agreed. Yeah. I wonder if they're I wonder if they're flat because um they wanna keep the character clean in the way they wanna keep the the person clean, if they want to keep Kimberlyn clean. If they they're see flat her because the writing sucks right now. That's why they're flat. <laughs> I'm sorry, you I know. have to agree with that as well. Yes. Yeah. She came on strong and it had such potential. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and all of a sudden I don't you know, she did come on strong and we had good cat fights and we had the Sheila laugh, but then she all of a sudden turned into like a Blake Thorpe from Guiding Light, and it didn't make oh, yeah. sense to me. And <laughs> so, yeah, that's why ratings are flat, because there's no action. And when you hand in the same script every single day, it's going to be flat ratings. And I, I have I to say, I think they... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't even recognize this Sheila. Like, the, when she came Preach on... Canvas. You know I am. When she first, when she came back, I I had said this. Bold and beautiful shocked everybody when they brought Sheila back because after 14 years, people were talking about it. They were comparing Quinn when Quinn was a little crazy to Sheila. Yep. Not saying she was like Sheila. And then all of a sudden, they just like milked Sheila. Like she doesn't scare. Like you know, like Sheila. This is the person who shot Taylor. You know, and mm-hmm. also shot Brooke, and Eric knocked her out. She was, mm-hmm. she was the queen of terror. Now she's a queen of Starbucks. Like, what is she doing? Waiting table? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what really bothered me too? Uh, two things. They didn't reference the fact of the the child that Sheila had. There's no reference to it whatsoever, and that's still mm-hmm. hanging out there. And old. I'm not from that school, but I know of it from reading the history of B and B. And it's like, why are you leaving that hanging? That's such a, an explosive storyline that they can delve into. And the fact that Eric didn't call Lauren to say, yo, hey, you know, she's back. It's her face. I'm pretty sure it's her. You know, she's here just just to let you know. I, but those yeah, I things don't. really bothered me. This is yeah. a woman who stole Lauren's baby. And not only did that, she cut off this baby's birthmark. She cut off Scotty's birthmark yep. so nobody would figure out it was him. And I don't understand with Scotty on the canvas and Lauren on the canvas over at Walmart, Yes. Why is nobody giving them a call? And Eric, oh my God, this blew my mind. Eric, last month, you know, Quinn said, where's Sheila now? Do you know? He said, oh, I think she's at her property in Genoa City. I lost my damn mind. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she's at her property in Genoa City, then dial five 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 two zero two eight Lauren's number and give her a call. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Okay. I'm so glad you guys agree because it's really been bothering me. Because as far as Lauren's concern, as far as Lauren's concern, Lauren popped two bullets in her chest like nine years ago. Lauren doesn't even know she turned up alive and went into the prison system again. You know, yeah. Lauren still thinks she's dead with Phyllis's face. Right. Exactly. 
And I'm sure this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I would love for them to somehow bring sugar back, too. Oh, I love sugar. Oh, jeez. I love sugar from the the clips that I saw, and I would love to see her on canvas. And the two of them just, you know, hosting a whole heap load of trouble. They could, you know, um, team up with Sally Spectra for a whole bunch of trouble. And where are she with kids? <laughs> yeah, that's Anybody, what I mean. Yeah, she's got Diana, she's got Mary, she's got Daisy, she's got Ryder. Where are all these fluid children she had? I and don't Mary know. I back, can't answer that question. Mary could come back and seduce Rick Forster like she like Sheila told her to back in the day. Mhm. I remember that storyline too. There's just so many games that they could play. I, I, and I just, one of Sheila's kids, Diana, is Ridge's okay. half-sister because sister. Sheila and Massimo had Diana. That's their child. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, did, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, so. I remember that. <laughs> That's Ridge's half sister. See, Candace is backing me up here. That's Ridge's half sister. That was the that was the bombshell that that dropped. It was like, wait, hold up, wait. How did I miss that? that? I either missed it or I forgot. Oh my gosh! I know that clip is on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, I'm talking about it, and it just it just like when you like, I mean, as a soul fan, it's like, wait a minute, hold up, Ridge Forrester. Has, is kin to Sheila. Like, let that sink in, folks. And go. Like, that's, I mean, they don't even make a mention of it. I don't, does Rich even know that he has to have sister? Well, I Probably didn't know, not. so maybe Ridge doesn't know. Darn it. I wish they could play that. I mean, okay. Casting call. Uh, let's see. Go through my. Go through my book here. Who can play? All right. So oh for my con- gosh. A confused, bold, and beautiful fan. Is is Diana her last child? Um, she's the last count. child that we knew of before Daisy and Ryder popped up on Windar. Right. I think Daisy and Ryder are the youngest children of Sheila. Because wasn't there a baby that was supposedly Ridge's? That she had hidden mm-hmm. away, or am I off somewhere? Yeah, no. that Diana. I wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Let me get. Let me. Let me get my my history book memory here. Okay. This is this is seriously how I'm operating right now. Like studying like it's the SATs or something. Okay. So that was <laughs> the B, B James, and that was really okay. That was that was Murray. Okay. I believe. There was a kid. I think she was playing Ridge, the thinking that they had a kid. But I'm, but I'm also remember she had a miscarriage. But I know it was before. I yeah, know she, she had did. two miscarriages. She had two mm-hmm. miscarriages. One on Young and the Rockless, and I think the other one was on Bold and the Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So that one on Bold, wait, that one on Bold could have been a miscarriage she yeah. had with Eric. Didn't they have a miscarriage? Hmm. I don't think. So. Let me say, hold on. 
Well, regardless, she's got like nine yeah. kids. So yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to start wrapping up on the B and B because right. we need to get the question out, and we also need to then move on to the next one. Uh, the only reason I'm trying to control tonight's show is so that we can get the question out and let somebody win a book. So um, any last words on B&B before I ask the question? Um, real quick, I just want to say I came up with these questions, and they're hard to find. Like, if you were to Google them, you probably won't find an answer, so be prepared. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, Casey. Yep, Casey. <laughs> well, actually, you know, you could find an answer on Google to about, like, three of them, but uh. Go ahead. Oh, gosh. Okay. Dun, well, dun, we dun. may not even get any winners. <laughs> I guess I'll just have to keep the books. <laughs> All right. So for our bold and, bold, bold and beautiful question, true or false, Catherine Kelly Lang has been in over 5,000 episodes. So if you know the answer to that question, tweet me at Take Two Radio if it's true or false. Okay, so go ahead. You know what? Go ahead and keep talking about B&B until we get an answer. Okay. I am curious. I'm curious as to everyone's reaction to Liam, Steffi, Bill. Oh, Oh, God. God. (laughs) Okay, Uh, okay, good. I know. I think I'm going to be ill for that one. Everybody's going to hate so much, but it's so freaking hot. Oh, my God, those flashbacks. Whoever directed those deserves an Emmy and a raise because, oh, my God. Bill, listen here. Don Diamant needs, oh, my God, he is so hot these days still. And I love that him and Steffi have this huge secret that – Fans have been waiting a long time for these two to sleep together. A huge pool of fans have, and I'm one of them. I'm glad they did. And, you know, either Jackie McKinnis-Wood or Scott Clifton is going to get a great Emmy reel out of it, and I can't wait for The Secret to come out. I thought it was hot as hell. Oof, I need to turn on a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Be the only person that isn't like, like whooping on like being. I just feel as though you know. Granted, they do have chemistry. Not gonna lie, they do. But uh, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling this time around. And I wish it would. I'm not feeling stuffy. How she's Whiny. being written right now. I would have liked Whiny. a full-fledged affair. Um, this yeah. is just kind of boring, but like I said, the flashbacks are hot as hell. I don't even know the stuffy. She's a whiner now. She's crying all the time. She's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm hot about your reading. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just, I don't, I mean, because Bone and Beautiful, like you guys said, triangles, and this is something we saw miles away because you can't have a happy couple for six months without drama. Steffi and Leah, yep, believe it or not, true. they kind of kind of been, you know, duck. I mean, you know, besides Steffi had a gun and she shot Sheila. I mean, that was the only drama, you know, her pushing Liam down. But <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> I know, yeah, I still, 
go to YouTube and watch that scene, and I just cracked up for like ten minutes. I mean, oh god, the highlight of the year. I'm like, oh my god, Stuffy got a gun. But I mean, granted, okay, I agree. The flashbacks they were hot, but I just feel as though knowing where the storyline is going, which is predictable unless bold, you do something completely different. But I know you're not. I, yeah. Yeah, that's all I gotta say about that because I'm just like, okay, yeah, it's, a, it's gonna be a who's your daddy storyline, so okay. Well, and you know, those are just—it's so tiring with those. Those I used to love the who's the daddy storylines when it was hot and we right. saw full fledged affairs and yep. when. But no, it's not. They only and together warm at best. Yeah. Like, if it was a full-fledged affair, I would be glued to my screen wondering who that father is. But it's not. Like, it was just one time. Oh, woohoo! Yeah. Now, it would be funny if, it, you know, they show on the side that maybe Liam and Sally did something, but I doubt it. And then we find out Sally's friend. It's like, what? What the heck? But... I don't know. Like both to me, when they just that was I was I kept saying to friends, I was like, I really don't want Stucky to be pregnant because that would be the one time that Bold and the Beautiful doesn't do a whole your daddy storyline. I was like, okay, because there's been enough baby, 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 baby news on that show, you know, with Nicole and Maya and everybody, you know. And I was just like, yeah, they're gonna go ahead and do it. And I'm like, Damn. well, and then you know. You know, they won't play the beats all the way because there's still leftover stuff from the whole Nicole thing that they haven't played. Hell, they right. didn't even play all the beats back in 2002 when Brooke was pregnant with Deacon's baby. I mean, Bingo. it's there's just, they never play the beats on Bold, and that's what frustrates me. And they used to all the time, and it's like William J. Bell died, and his influence was gone from the show yeah. and all of a sudden they Rebel. decided not to play any more beats. Mm-hmm. At least I bet you guys agree that like we're both beautiful between I'm gonna say probably let me see we're in December. Like between October to maybe January, February, usually Bone and Beautiful does certain storylines to make the fans kinda go, Oh, I can't believe they did this again, da 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 and then as they get closer to, like, maybe March, they do something to wow us. Like, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I keep thinking about a couple of years ago with the whole Maya transgender storyline. Like, nobody saw that coming at all. Well, yeah, you know, because nobody saw it coming because when she came to town, she was in search of her biological child. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's my fever. I'm Maya the fever. I miss that Maya little, little, remember those good old days, good old days. But no, it's just like certain things that they, you know, they do. And and for a while, I defended Bone and Beautiful. I said they don't, they don't do sweeps. They don't do November, February, summer sweeps. They just go with the flow. And then they do something to really make fans go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they did that. Oh, my gosh, that is so amazing. Why did they wait so long? But I feel as though, like, okay, everything is just lukewarm right now. Like, there's nothing high, no pun intended, steamy, you know, like, it's, 
it's kind of just like, okay, yay. Well, I have to give them, though, in the last two years of the four soaps for, you know, drop your mouth, edge of your seat moments, they definitely take the cake. When they had Quinn, you know, when they had the fantasy of Quinn killing Katie and left us hanging for the weekend, I mean, we all kind of knew, all right, she's not leaving, she's not dead, so this either has to be a fantasy or... Or, you know, Rafe is, uh, Rafe, um, Rich is going to run in and, and, and save her, you know, because who saves everyone but Rich? Um, <laughs> but they, they, definitely, they definitely take the, the prize for, you know, drop, drop your mouth moments. But then there's the follow through. It's horrible. It's absolutely well, horrible. You know, and it didn't used to be like that. And, like, in the 90s, bold in the 90s, like, bold, beautiful, GH and Dave were like the best soaps in the 90s. Like, Bold was hot. It was sexy. You, oh my God, Bold was can't miss television. If you've never seen an episode of Bold from the 90s, go on YouTube and go watch a couple. Um, And so I don't understand, you know, it's the same characters, so why can't you have the same quality in writing? I don't understand why you can't just, one writer can really fix a show. And if anybody... Absolutely. Bold needs that one writer. Like in the 90s, they had Kay Alden, Brad Bell, William J. Bell, The Unstoppable Three, and the ratings went up because of it, and they went up to like the six millions. I get it, the times have changed, and that won't ever happen again, but that doesn't mean that you can't have good writing again. Look at Dave, you know? Bingo. I think speaking of days, we have to continue on to days, and then Pam's going to ask the next question for days. So I'm going to and And I'm going to take – I'm going to take each one of you into private queue for a moment so, David, go ahead. I'm going to start with Casey. All right. Carolyn, are you still with me? Hi, Nathan. I'm here. Oh, okay. I just got to So, we're going to start off days. In the past two weeks, we have, well, let's just say I cried the past two days. And Sammy's, it's Sammy and Will, and then today was Sammy and Marlena and John and Rafe. Oh, my God. Keep saying goodbye, and I'm going to flood my living room. (laughs) Um, Agreed. Yes, it's been very emotional. um, I want to give kudos for to Ron Carlavati um, for making Ali Sweeney's two months memorable. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. Yes, agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, Did you show, hear the rundown with uh, Ray today on all the on all her happenings, it was uh, <laughs> there were a few in there that I had forgotten. Okay, I'm back. What up? What are we discussing? 
for uh, <laughs> all all the all the happenings, and uh, he just rambled off all that she had done in the last uh, couple of months. And uh, anyways, he uh, he congratulated her. <laughs> it was, it, who who watched today? I did. I, I did. thought it was good today. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. okay. I have to start off with mentioning. Did anybody catch the little joke about Cassie the Piva soap history? Yes, I oh. did. <laughs> yeah. I, when he's, for, you know, Blair was one thing, but when he said Chelsea, oh my oh. God, I lost my. Oh yeah. I was like, oh my gosh! I was like, they speak Springfield. I was like, yes, thank you, thank you. I was a huge <laughs> Chelsea fan. I love yeah. Chelsea Reardon, and. Oh, that just made my whole entire day. And I hope Ron does more of that. Like, if he mentions Harmony and an Eric <laughs> Marshoff scene, I'm done. <laughs> like, that will just forever make my year. <laughs> I didn't like Passions, but I liked Eric Marshoff on Passions. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to be there with Tyler Christopher. Been... He's quite it's a clever just, writer. The show is catching on. Yes. <laughs> but I went, you know, over at General Hospital, Ron brought other characters from other soaps. Like Eileen Kirsten uh, played um, her role, Delia, from Ryan's Hope. Mm-hmm. She was Ava's mom. He mentioned Corinth a lot, and we had a lot of characters going to Corinth, Pennsylvania. I swear if I see Cass Winthrop and Lila Roberts <laughs> pop up on Days of Our Lives, I mean, I hope he can do that, what he did at GH, because that's such a treat. And honestly, it wins other people over who may have not watched Days. But, you know, ratings went up back when they did the whole Delia comes to Port Charles thing. And yeah. so... If mm-hmm. they did that on days, oh, that'd be good. That'd be really good. Well, it brings a whole uh, new uh, fan base. So it's uh, oh, very clever. Yeah, very clever. But see, they have to strike while the iron is hot because right now days has a lot of generated positive feedback out there right now. Um, yeah. So if they if they yeah. wanted to pull a stunt like that, they'd have to do it while they're while they're coasting well. Um, well, you know, maybe they should do it with passions because I don't think Procter and Gamble would let them even say the words Bay City. And nope. so they would probably, if they wanted to do something like that, then bring somebody over from Passion. You know, get Juliet Mills to do like two episodes as Tabitha. And, you know, there you go. Just yeah, that would be good idea. What about Santa Barbara? That's well, I don't know about yeah. New World. <laughs> New World hated that show, even though they owned it. <laughs> so, yeah. So they, you guys are for crossovers? I, I, like, I, I love like crossover. You know, Me when too. those Another World characters came to As the World Turns, yeah, they were written poorly, but I liked it. <laughs> I liked seeing Jake and Vicky before they were killed off. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would be up for it. That's why they need to bring back, like, Procter Park, & Gamble needs to give back or do something with the rights of these shows because there's so many opportunities for crossovers. 
especially like on CBS, I still say that Mindy Lewis should be working for Forrester or Barbara Ryan should be over there too. I Well, days would be the perfect show. Like, you know, get somebody, um, oh, I don't know, like this mm-hmm. whole business story with, Eve Donovan, you know, have Brady bring in somebody up his sleeve from, like, Santa Barbara or, you know, have him bring in a Capwell and say, Cece, you know, how do you get people out of your company that you don't want? And, you know, just easy stuff like that. And it's fun. Your ratings do go up for the week. I mean, it would just be great. And right now they could do it in no trouble at all because it would fit right in with story. Mm Mm-hmm. So how right that, now how the heartbreaking Go ahead. Go ahead. The heartbreaking story right now is with Theo. Oh. And and according to the buzz, um some people um I don't know, online I see that they're bothered by the story. Um, I don't well, know if they think, but it, it's topical uh-huh. because you see, you hear about it everywhere. So Ron knows how to tell it. I really, I think he's doing a good job telling an issue with it. How long? The how people long having an have issue. Them? The people having an issue with it, and this has to be spoken about are the older audience members. And it's also the audience members in the South. And I know that because I'm a part of a lot of days groups. I know these fans. I've spoken to some of them over the phone. Those are the people who are not used to being exposed to this unless it's over the news. Those are the people who are having a problem with it. But here's the thing. This is how you help your ratings and help those people. One Life to Live, when they told the whole story almost at the start of the show with um, the woman who pretended to be white because she could cast in her eyes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Carla Gray. And Southern Markets told One Life to Live from their schedule like wildfire. But as the story progressed, one Life to Live went back in those Southern Markets and its ratings reached its Things went. Yeah. And so you can help people change their belief system through a soap opera if the story is written correctly. And the story is being written correctly. And I feel in time, as the story continues to progress in 2018, it will change some of those hard-hitting minds. Well, I mean, there's some, you said, like, the older, I know there's some younger audience members that that watch the show, and they feel uncomfortable. And let us tell people, I mean, soap operas, you know, their job is to merge, not all the time, but, like, real life with the real life of soap world. Not overexposing it. I mean, in the last 20, 20 years, you know, I can think of, of a couple of shows that did certain topics that really pushed the envelope that some of the audience was like, oh, no, 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 don't do it. Now you have somebody who graduated from the school of Agnes Nixon 
telling mm-hmm. a story that is hitting home. It's hitting close to home. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to see it on a soap opera because a soap opera, quote unquote, is your getaway. But sadly, you know, sometimes you can't be all, oh, I love you, I love you. Sometimes you have to have the drama. And that's what I applaud, I applaud Ron for doing that. Because out of all this, I didn't think Dave would ever do it. I'll be honest. I didn't um, think Dave would be the one to do it either, to be honest. Absolutely. And, and they're not overhyping it. If you notice, they're not overhyping the story. You know, in most cases, like on primetime shows, they'd be like, it was, the, it was the shocking event that nobody saw coming. Dave isn't doing that. They're playing it beat by beat. You have the families involved. Abe, who has lost his brother, you know, for people who don't know, Abe's brother died from a gunshot. Oh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, back in the Point 80s, that. he lost Lexi. Going up. You know, so right now he he's angry. He's, 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 he's the victim's father. Of course, you have a hot-headed yeah. cop. You know, and, and people can, and another thing I like about this story is everybody's taking a side, but everybody's also listening to the other side, like the audience is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I applaud. I applaud. I, I love the story. This is actually one of my favorite stories right now being told. This is how I mean, you do classic social storytelling. On all my children, back in the 80s, they had the gay history teacher. And Opal, yes. the southern country character, was going to be the homophobe that was going to adapt as the story went on throughout the month. And Mm -hmm. the reason they picked Opal is because Opal connected at the time with Middle America. And Agnes Nixon changed the views and opinions of a lot of people by having Mm -hmm. Opal adapt. The viewers saw Opal adapt. They adapted with Opal. And they're doing the same thing on days right now people are taking this journey and you know what it's good that some that a huge population of fans don't like the story because that means you're going to reach more people and you're going to change their opinions for the better and see from a business standpoint they've done it really smart they're they're taping six months in advance so they can't scramble to fix anything so they right. played it out truly beat by beat in a very slow-forming manner. You know, General Hospital would have had a riot already on the docks. And, oh, yeah. You know, and then they could have scrambled to change the writing very quickly depending upon what the reactions were. Dave can't do that. So they're, they're playing it very, very smart with laying it out beat by beat the way they are. And it's, it's really working. And as far as the backlash the, the, that they are getting, it's been very informative. It's been very mild for for the storyline itself. Whereas, you know, Jason and Jason are getting, they're getting death threats. So, you know, the backlash right. is not that bad. And it is opening up conversation, which is, the, which is exactly what we want yeah. from a social justice storyline. That's exactly what opera. we want. Yeah, and it also, you know, this goes back to, again, the Opal story. You know, when the Opal story played out with the gay history teacher, parents who watched All My Children 
could have a conversation with their child about homophobia and being gay and being out and proud and not letting anybody get you down. And the same thing is happening with gays. Parents are having a conversation with their children because of this storyline. And they are having conversations about racism. And if you are a black parent with a black child, you're addressing how to handle what's going on in our world currently, how to handle a police officer that is not the same color as you are. It's bringing on conversation. And thank God some soap addressed this. Because if a soap didn't address this, I would be kind of upset just because you have the time to do it. These shows come on 260 original episodes a year. So they have the time to play out the emotions. And they have the time to show you all sides of the story. And I'm so happy Days is tackling the story so beautifully. Well, from a behind-the-scenes um, little tidbit, this was Ron's signing point. This was his story that if they were oh, going to yeah. do it, he was on board. If they weren't going to do it, then he was going to continue to look. Um, mm-hmm. So kudos to the powers that be that said, you know what, we can't give you free reign, but give us, you know, give us exactly where you want to go with this, and we're on board. Um, yeah. You know, kudos to them for, for making that choice. Because I think a lot of the fans just think, oh, we're going to stay snatched up, one life to live, General Hospital, front runner who brought a lot of pow when he first came to General Hospital. Um, and I think a lot of the, the, the hardcore fans thought, oh, they're just kind of piggybacking on that pow, and where's he going to be a year from now? Um, hopefully it isn't that. I really don't think it is. But um, I, I would like fans to know that this, this was his baby. This was his signing, whether or not he was going was gonna to actually go to days. And was this storyline. You know, first, that's when I want to sidetrack, but not sidetrack. I just want to say kudos to Days. Shame on the young and the restless. Because we talked about how Sally um, was going to do a story with Devon being shot by a white police officer. Mm-hmm. And Y&R was not for it because of their conservative audience. Um, so shame on the young and the restless. And kudos well, for Days of Our Lives for realizing that this needs to be a story that needs to be told. The thing is, I'm going to say this. I'm going to give kudos to NBC, you know, the powers to be. CBS, and this is, you know, my thing is, is that, you know, like I I said, soap operas aren't always lovey-dovey romantic, twins popping up here and there, coming back from the dead, you know. Soap is a platform to tell a, a social story and, make that connection with the audience because somebody in the viewing audience can relate to that storyline. Bad but true, folks. People need to be educated. You know, um, this story with Theo reminded a lot of people of the young man who had autism and he got out of his car and his Mm -hmm. son was, you know, with him and the cop shot him. No apparent reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people, were, you know, was talking about that. They was like, yeah, you know, what, you know, and, and trying to get into the cop's head, you know, like J.J. said, like, okay, well, this, the, you know, Theo didn't turn around. 
he had something. His, who said, who, you know, who's to say that CO, you know, quote, unquote, he was somebody else, didn't have a gun? What would you do in that? You know, it's one of those, what would you do in that moment? Yeah. How would you handle that situation? That's the topic that's coming up. It's like, all right, if you're a cop or, you know, and, you know, somebody, you know, was turning around, then, you know, you don't know what they have in their hands. What do you do? How do you react? If you're but the see, victim, that's cool. How do you react? That's kudos to the writers because they're really right. not giving us a defined opinion. They're letting the story mm-hmm. come out beat by beat and letting us make our own. I, it's almost as though they're writing it knowing that they're not going to change a lot of minds. They're just going to open up the conversation and hope open up that open up thought and hope that it opens up talks. Not they're not mm-hmm. really preaching. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, if it, I don't know if we're allowed to do this, but the exact opposite I could be said for General Hospital and the whole opioid thing. Um, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's being done horribly. It, it's, it's so being shoved. <laughs> yeah, it's being shoved down our throat, and it's so unrealistic. This feels like it could have happened in Staten Island uh, two months ago. Well, didn't they, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember when I think Ron was still over on General Hospital, they kind of were setting up a story. I do remember TJ, who you don't see much anymore. He was, was he arrested for shoplifting because of the color? Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and he I, was, and remember? Jordan at the time had just become the police commissioner. And so she was raising all hell about this. And, yeah, so they were trying to go there, but General Hospital, and I'm going to spill some tea here, Ron had outlined a storyline for them Mm -hmm. to go full-fledged and talk about this. And General Hospital turned it down in favor of a storyline about trying to get the nurse's ball back on track. So there's your tea tea for today. Two stories were outlined. (laughs) And GH picked the getting the nurses' ball back on track with the return of Lucy and whatnot, which I'm grateful Lucy returned, but I would have been more grateful if the story about TJ was told because they could have opened conversation back up back then. Do you think that these networks like CBS and ABC and, well, I can't even say NBC because NBC, you know, did this great storyline. Do you think they're afraid to do a storyline like this that's so social relevant? Absolutely. That they're afraid to lose they're the viewers? They're so afraid. They Absolutely. are so, so afraid. I've talked to people inside the industry. Clearly, Anthony has because his credits are amazing. And, you know, I think we've all talked to people in the industry. Mm-hmm. They really are afraid. And you look at Days, and you can see that Days is pushing the envelope, going all the way back to the gay love triangle they had before Will was killed off, and now they're readdressing that with his return, and they've got a racism story going on. And Days is doing the classic soap opera. They're pushing the envelope, and the other networks are scared as hell. On the Young and the Restless, those people who ran the sex ring, Alice and Jack, they were the nicest sex ring bosses I think I've uh-huh. ever heard of. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, the I sex ring bosses with hearts of gold. Yeah. I just yeah, said that, that so I just, I, just, I just don't. Oh, go ahead, Carol. The powers of Seppi at the Bold and Beautiful will tell you point blank. Where, where 
pandering to a world market. And a storyline like this doesn't play in the rest of the world, so we're not even gonna we're not even gonna look at it. We're not interested. Um, which I think sex harassment storyline. They could do a sexual harassment storyline on Bold and Beautiful. And it's worldwide. I mean, said but true. I mean, they they're in the fashion industry. We've all we watch E, we watch TMZ, I'm pretty sure we read Vogue and stuff like that. Stuff like that happens in the fashion industry. Like they're I get what they're doing, like with Bold and Beautiful and this is the only thing that irks me is that they're afraid to really the only time they pushed the envelope was with Maya. And they didn't even really push it all the way. Because there's still a story for Maya and Rick to be going through with their transgender, you know, whole situation, you know, adopting a baby. They, they somehow, some way, they stop playing the beat. And that's why I ask, is, are they afraid to? Well, to I can answer that it? point blank with an inside information. They were good. The story with Julius and the adoption, uh, the adoption not uh, having gone through was supposed to be a full-fledged storyline. And with the, mm-hmm. the backlash that they were receiving, they scrapped it immediately. So well, they are my, The reason I think networks are afraid to push the envelope nowadays is because they don't have ballsy writers. William J. Bell, if he would have told this sex ring story back in the 90s, he would have told CBS Daytime, butt the hell out you know, this is my story and I'm going to write it. Because that's what William J. Bell did. William J. Bell told a story about crack babies on The Young and the Restless back around 1997. And Mm -hmm. he got to do that storyline because he told the network, what the hell out? And trust me, I will deliver and I will get you ratings. And he did. But you're not getting that type of writer anymore. You're getting it in Ron just because everybody knows Ron's record. He's the ratings guy. He will bring your ratings in. He will address your history. He will deliver. And But they're yeah. not getting that with other writers. Sally Sussman should have fought so damn hard for the Devon storyline. Every slam door in her face, she should have opened it right back up. Every hang-up call call them back and leave a message. And if you can't get them, go through their assistant. There's no more balls-to-the-walls writers. And that's why daytime is suffering. Mm-hmm. I like that terminology. Well, man, I'm, <laughs> um, uh, Carolyn here. Um, David knows I'm, I'm a hardcore days fan right from the beginning, and I always said they addressed the social issues very well. Uh, Alzheimer's, they touched on that. The gay couple, um, uh, JJ and Eve and the their liaison, and now they're handling this storyline, I think, amazing. And I've read that they're going to, with uh, Casey Moss, he's, he, uh, they're going to touch on the suicide end of things. Mm-hmm. And they've all, yeah, so... And I, I've always liked Casey Moss. I think he's he's great. He's really come into his own. He's doing a fabulous job. The other day, I mean, I just, I said, oh, my God, he's just phenomenal. And I like this new look. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Carolyn. Yes, yes. But uh, days, I don't know how they've uh, gotten away with touching on the storylines that they have. Um but I think uh, the new writer is doing a fabulous job, and he's going to take it and run with it. I mean, you got a winning team over there. You got Ryan Quad, Sherry Anderson, and Ron. And Ron. 
they they know the history of that show, and that's key when you are the, like a new head writer. You should study the history of the show. You should try to in, incorporate the history with the present, which they've done. I mean, Sierra coming in with the motorcycle. I'm like, oh my god, that's her father. That's both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sierra should have been all along. But yeah, regardless. And she's of had, she's had, a, she's had, a, yeah, she's had enough. She's not going to be the goody two shoes anymore. And I think. I'm not too sure about the actress, but um, no, she, she she's new. But uh, the storyline's unfolding, and it's it's pretty good. Yeah. It was a little surprise. I tell you what, I'm them. loving Victoria Conifel way more than I'm loving Vivian Giovanni, who spoke like this all the time. Hi, mom. Can <laughs> yeah. I go yeah. with my friend? Yeah, she, she assaulted me. It was horrible. <laughs> mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me cut Victoria let me cut in real quick and ask the day's question and then you guys can continue because I don't want to run out of time. I know we have an hour, but when everybody starts gabbing, that time runs fast. <laughs> so, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, so to win the book, The Days of Our Lives, The True Story of One Family's Dream and the Untold History of Days of Our Lives, by Corday, answer this question. In what year did Ken Corday officially become the executive producer of Days of Our Lives? Tweet your correct answer to Take Two Radio, and first correct answer will win. And also I want to say happy birthday to Carolyn, because I thought I saw something about your birthday. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) I I have to Uber. All my family's left. They've gone. They've gone. They're dancing and partying, and I'm here, and i got to Uber. uh, (laughs) I'll be on my way soon. (laughs) But thanks, Pam. (laughs) I just wanted to draw another Dave tidbit. I'll I'll post on Facebook. Uh, okay, well, get get going. Don't worry about the show. <laughs> Go enjoy your birthday no, no, and your I, family. I, I said no, no, no. I said I'm staying. I wanna. I want. This is a great, uh, great idea, Pam. Uh, the book, uh, giving away the books. That's fabulous. So, are you gonna keep promoting it um, after this show, or is it gonna be once a month? What are no, you gonna do with no, the, it's, no. It's just during the show, and that's it. Okay. So, okay. Go ahead, guys. Okay. I wanted to drop another behind-the-scenes tidbit for days. The buzz that's coming out is that when the Teresa storyline reemerges, that it's also going to bring up a sex trafficking ring. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. Well, well that would make sense. So it would make a lot of sense, and I think it might be their stick it to Y&R like you guys couldn't do it. Watch what a show like ours does. And I hope that's exactly what it is. Well, I think Days is going to come up um, to the top of the pile because they're handling all the social issues that are going on out there. And that's epidemic. I think, the, uh, and here I think in Florida, it's epidemic. Just, I think if they would advertise just a little bit more, they could overthrow GH. Um, what needs to happen is they just need to advertise just a touch more. Maybe a few ads in prime time. Maybe have Ken Corday go on a radio show and talk about, you know, this one's always open, um, and talk about uh, the racial story or talk about Teresa's return. Just plug something. You know, Jen Lilly, Teresa was a huge character on that show, and when she left, a good 
200,000 people went with her. And so if you just plug a return real good, you can get some people back. So if they just advertise it more, they could beat out General Hospital because I don't think this huge boost in GH will last um, very long. It might last the rest of the winter. Well, I really so is that going to be the storyline that um, that she was taken into a um, you know trafficking ring? Is that what is that the storyline, or does anyone know? I honestly don't oh. know what the actual storyline is, but what I, what has been floated around mm-hmm. is that the guy that she let that she left to exposed is somehow involved in a sex trafficking ring, whether or not she was taken in or she's working behind the scenes. Somehow or another, it's going to come to light, and the main focus of it isn't actually going to be drug dealing. It's going to be the sex trafficking ring. Oh, okay. Well, that yeah, that mm-hmm. that sounds reasonable. Yep. That that and that would be a good storyline because, as I say, it is epidemic, and it's epidemic here in Florida. I mean, it's it's horrible. It's horrible. Scary, scary, scary. And it needs to be addressed. And it needs to be addressed correctly. It was addressed yes, on the yes. end of the rest of us, but like I said, Alice and Zach were the nicest sex ring bosses in the world. Like, I actually kind of went out of, like, Alice to be my mom. Like, she was doing them girls' hair. She was painting their nails. Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> no, <out>. no. <laughs> I no. mean, hell. <laughs> like, I was like, you go, Alice. You should have been this mom to Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have to show the underbelly yeah, of it, and I hope they, yeah, they that's really true. I hope they handle it. Yeah. They have to show something real. So if this is the story for Teresa, then, you know, just let Ron work his magic because obviously it's working with um, the Theo being shot story. So, you know, maybe he can let lightning strike twice and just really run with it and do a really good, another really good topical story. Um, Because, you know, Days was really... Mm -hmm a huge platform for social relevance back in its heyday, which, you know, its first heyday, I mean, which was the 70s. Um, Its second heyday came in the 90s, and, well, its second one came in the early 80s, and then its third in the 90s. But in the 70s, when it was attracting 10 million people Hmm. almost a day, it was telling stories of interracial couples with David and Valerie. It was telling a leukemia story. Uh, with Hope's mom. Um, her name slips my mind. I think it was Diane. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Days, has, so, Days has always had um, more people of color on their show. They're, they've integrated it beautifully over the years, and yeah. I've watched it for a long, long time. And I think that's why now the storyline is um, is doing is doing well. It's uh, They've just handled it very well. That's That's my opinion. And it was a good one. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let me see if anyone answered. So have we we given away any books yet? What's happening on Twitter? Um, How are we looking on Twitter? I don't... i got to see if... Let me check my Twitter, see if anyone's answered the question. Ooh, we might have a winner. Let me see. Fingers crossed. I hope so. These, 
like I said, um, when I talked to all of these lovely co-hosts offline, these are really great books. I would try and win one. Um, I have them all. I've read them all. I just finished reading Eric Braden's memoir for the third time. I mean, it's just you cannot put these books down. Please go on Twitter. Please answer these questions. You won't be disappointed. I, I can say from experience, the Days of Our Lives book and um, um, uh, the General Hospital book are amazing. Uh, Michael Easton is a talent across the board. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, well, let's see if Pam leaves it open. I mean, that um, does it have to be like while right now listening to the show? What are the, what are the rules, David? Uh, they have to tweet. The answer to Pam at Take Two Radio. Well, and then if they're Pam will announce the winner. Um, and the winner will be there. I haven't seen anything yet. So, in the meantime, should we move on to uh, Young and Restless? Yes. Okay. okay, guys. Well, I got I gotta go. You know that I'm the I'm the days. Uh, <laughs> I'm the one that likes gal. days, and I only watch days. I haven't had a chance to to watch anything else, David. I promise. I promise. In the new year, I will start watching something else. But I've been super busy oh. the last <laughs> month or so. <laughs> and uh, Casey, I hear that you're leaving. Uh, yeah, I. Pam, uh, for those fans who don't, I guess we'll reveal it right now. I was going to reveal it on the last show, but um, we'll do it right now. Uh, for those fans who don't know, I have opted uh, to leave the show um, to explore more of my own business aspects. Um, as you know, I run Daytime Indulgence, uh, the soap opera news website, which is growing very quickly, and I have to turn all my attention to that website um, and in fact, for those fans, you know, Anthony is not just only a great addition to the team. He is actually my replacement. So um, <laughs> keep listening keep listening, and don't let me be your gin lily where I leave and y'all leave with me. <laughs> um, well, I hope, I hope you call in. I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I hope you call in. And I probably <laughs> no offense will to you, Anthony, to... but well, welcome. We'll we'll carry we'll carry on. Yeah, <laughs> Carolyn. Carolyn, that's exactly what I said to him when he said he was leaving to you know explore his own endeavors and stuff like that. I just said, I'm heartbroken because I literally just said to David a few days yeah. before Casey announced leaving that this was one of the best teams that we've had together um, for this show. And I, I just about cried when I, when Casey said yeah. that. And yeah. though I am yeah. thrilled to death with Anthony being on, on you know, his replacement. Um, and I'm positive that Anthony is going to bring a lot to the show. So with that said, Casey, please call in <laughs> once in a while. We wish you oh, only yeah, the best. It's like, yeah, it's like watching the baby go off to school on the first day. Oh my goodness! I know, right? Because <laughs> you are to me, you're a baby, Casey. You're a baby, but you're wonderful, and uh, the input has been fabulous. You've been great. Oh well, and I can't thank you enough for um, allowing me to be one with your team and be in this great family. It really has been 
such an experience. And I'll look back probably 20 years later and go, <laughs> I was a part of that great show. <laughs> it's been That's right. a ball. That's right. Yes. Oh, and Pam well, and I will know, still be your, right the behind the... <laughs> All the best in your new endeavor. That's uh, that's wonderful. And keep tweeting and stay on Facebook, and we'll, we'll still all keep in touch. Oh, definitely. This isn't the last you've heard of this person, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we'll have a super night, and um, I guess when's the next show, uh, Pam? 28th. The, 28th. Yeah, December okay. 28th. All righty. Well, happy tweeting. Which is our and, best. Um, that's our best have a great night. Show, so have your list ready. Party on, Merry Carolyn. Carolyn. Party on. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you. Have a great we night. Happy birthday. Bye for now. Okay, so you guys still talking uh-huh. days, or are you moving on, or what are um, you going to do? I think we're going to move on to Young and Restless. GH. Oh. Okay. GH? All right. Oh, we're GH. doing GH now? Yeah. I don't know. Which one ever you guys want to do is up to you. Let, well, let's see if we can kill two birds in, with one stone. Oh, probably. And do them both at the same time. Oh, am, ambitious. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm ambitious. That's how we do it here. Okay. Do, right? <laughs> Nell is going to bring Michael to hell. God, I when hate her. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the character. The actress is okay. Yeah, five stars. I'd give her two, two and a half on a good day. I just, the storyline is such a filler. It almost seems like an exit story to me, really. Um, this is kind of what, in classic soap fashion, this is kind of what you do for a female villainess. If you're ready to write her out, you have her fake that she's pregnant with. They do it all the time. Um, I heard long from Guiding Light uh, that when Nola faked that she was pregnant with Kelly's baby uh, back in 1980, they were prepared to write Nola out. However, then she got with Quint, and there was a huge super couple, Quentin and Nola, and she lasted a couple years. So there's just one example of one character that was ready to be written out after she did the whole fake pregnancy thing. And it's happened all across the board in daytime. I know there's more. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. But it happens quite frequently. Um, and so I hope we're headed towards an L exit story because I don't know about the rest of you, but I never cared for her. Well, I'll tackle that one. Um, I think the actress, I, I think the actress should actually get a three and a half, three and a half to four stars. Um, Cole Lanier, because it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I think with what they gave her, what they've given her to play, she's played it to the hilt. I really, you know, I remember the scenes um, leading up to this discovery that she faked the whole sunny, um, you know, night of passion. Uh, she really, really shined as far as evil, you know, intentions were concerned. This, this go around, 
they've just whitewashed her and milked her out so badly that I don't think that there's any way to garner any edge of your seat moments out of this storyline, no matter what she does. Um, but she definitely has chops. Uh, I hope it's not an exit storyline, actually, because they've whitewashed all – Nina's no longer crazy. Ava's no longer evil. There's really not much on the canvas that's, that's dark and fun to play with. Um, you know, you I know, would agree with you there. Just real quick, if you don't mind me interrupting, because I'm going to agree with you. Um, I do agree with you there. There needs to be a good bitch on the show, because that's just not there anymore. And I don't think, you know, they're trying to make Cassandra, Jessica Tuck's character like that, but she's short-term. So, you know, if they, if she was going to stick around, I would like it if they made her a full-fledged super bitch, then I wouldn't mind her sticking around. So I will agree with you in that aspect. They're definitely missing the bitch on the show. Yeah, and it's very hard to turn a victim into a bitch. And they've Mm -hmm. really written her into the victim corner where she came out strong as a bitch. So it it needs to be a, a shocking end to the victim, and I've been a bitch all along reveal at some point if they are going to keep her. And I quite honestly, I hope they do. Um, I don't know. There was rumors circulating for a while that Brie was coming back to play Claudia uh, and that she was going to bring on the bitch. I don't know if that's still in the offing or if that was just complete rumors, but the two of them teamed up would be awesome. See, and, you know, they tried where they went wrong with Nell in terms of story is they wanted to make her like the old super old fashioned super bitch of the nineties. You know, she came on because they wanted to retell the Carly storyline and they wanted to also borrow from all my children with Kendall. But they've done it too quickly to where she's out of super bitch mode and exactly like you said, she's in victim mode. And victim mode didn't happen for these predecessors for a long time. Carly was not a victim for quite a while. Carly was a super bitch for years. Absolutely. Yes. And so was Kendall. Even when Sarah Michelle Gellar was fired um, because of Susan Lucci, (laughs) rumor, (laughs) allegedly, um, and Alicia Minchie came on, even with Alicia, Kendall was still kind of a bitch and not a victim until she really met Zach. Um, because then they wanted to make her a romantic lead. But they've done that too quickly with Nell. She was a bitch for about five months, and now she's a victim. And that's not how you're supposed to align super bitch structure. Absolutely. And just the whole pairing alone with Michael killed killed the bitch status in her. Yeah. Um, Because what you're supposed to do when you show a bitch – when you're going to make a bitch a victim, you do what they did with Ava, and you do what they did with Kendall and um, Carly, and that's you have them reach almost an unredeemable point. Yeah. For Carly, it was um, the whole AJ thing where she tried to get him drinking again um, to show that he was unfit. And with Phyllis, you know, take Phyllis from Young and Restless. It was um, stuff like running down Paul and Cricket. Um, so you have them reach an almost unredeemable point, and then you make them 
a victim or a romantic lead and now didn't reach an unredeemable point. You know, you can always redeem uh, somebody yeah, anyway. who made it look like they slept with a married man. You can always redeem that in two weeks. So they need to take her back to super bitch ways. Hmm. I think it's the, in my opinion, I mean, I I personally, I feel as though the character has run her course up until recently. Like, there were some moments that I'm like, ooh, okay, she got a little snar back. But I feel mm-hmm. as though they tried everything in their book to make the audience like her, and I guess to give her a character a, pur- a purpose, other than, you know, trying to get back at Carly. And then after all that was done, I mean, it, I guess it's still continuing, but it's kind of falling through. Like like you guys said, you know, if she's supposed to be the super bitch and whatnot, they should have played on it. Like they should have had her, you know, quote, unquote, fake apprentice when her and Sonny slept together, you know, kind of like, and have Carly walk in and, and saw that. You know, like a throwback to you know Bobby seeing Carly and Doctor Jones, and and go from yeah, there. They I just, the ball. So they, yes. Yeah, they they played it so many. Like at first, she was the kidney donor for Jocelyn, who needed twenty dollars, and Carly gave her a job and gave her opportunity. And then, you know, it was just so many beats that they could have played, and it was just <laughs> like, okay, great actress, sucky character. Sorry, but and, and putting her. The reason she's not a balls-to-the-wall super bitch is because they changed their mind in the story direction. She was supposed to be Carly's um, sister. Mm -hmm. And then Nathan Varney saw chemistry for, I don't know, you know, he must need um, to clean his glasses because I don't know what chemistry he saw. But he saw chemistry between Chloe Lanier and Chad Duell. And he talked to Frank, and then Frank talked to the writers, and next thing you know, she's not Carly's sister, and Michael is dating his adoptive um, aunt. So mm-hmm. that's why the story lost some of its sizzle. Yeah, I think there's a little um, incestual innuendo well, not even that, but it didn't make sense that Jax met up with Carly's adopted father. Like, yes. that was another thing. I was like, hold up, wait, huh? Wait, if you were Yeah, if you were and why would he be a match when they're not? Right. Like, yeah, he could be a match, but it's a lot slimmer of a chance when they're not yeah. blood-related. And they yeah. wrote it as Jax thinking that Carly and Frank were blood-related. They wrote it like he didn't know that Carly was adopted. If he would have said, even though I know you're adopted, I went to him anyway just to see because we were running out of options, if they would have had that line, I would have been fine. But he just said, oh, I went to him because I knew he might be a match. They wrote it as though he didn't know about Carly's real uh, parentage. But then they dropped the ball as far as Nell is concerned. They dropped the ball yet again, pitting her up against Nina, and that lasted three days. That, yeah. You know, that really, that could have gone on for weeks. Yeah, that the fact been that she epic. was fired within three episodes was was so um, uh, disheartening. They, you know, because Nina, I 
is a character that I really didn't like when she first came on, and and because of Michelle Stafford, and, and fell in love, and loved the character of Nina, and for her to pull, yeah. bring her claws back out. But of course, that they got the the Cassandra Jessica Tuck scoop, it was like okay, we don't need Nell now. We have Jessica Tuck, and they're dropping the ball with that as well. <laughs> they could say much as that. Nina straight say- said to Nell. I can survive anything because I've been bitch slapped by Donna Mills. So <laughs> Nina should have given her like a Sheila Carter type of stare and really said, you want to play games, bring it on. Because that feud could have lasted for a good six months and then to a year if they didn't write stories so quickly. But, yeah, and they're so focused on this Jason storyline that the other storylines that could be poppers are really getting back to back back level attention, and it's bo- it's really bothering me. They need to take well, a note in that sense from um, Days of Our Lives. Like Days' main story clearly is this Theo being shot story, but it's not the only story being played. You yeah. you know, there was one day where that wasn't even the focus of the episode, and General Hospital needs to take note of that. It's okay to let fans see another story on a filler Wednesday or a filler Hey, Monday. guys. Hey, guys. Is everybody all there? Yeah. Um, we have a winner for the oh. Jay's book. Oh, okay. Congratulations, Candace. Yay! <laughs> this is what happens when I was actually studying. I just I said that I was actually like reading my afternoon delight book, and I was like, wait a minute, okay, let me look. Like SATs, like okay, yay! <laughs> well, congratulations, Candace. What James has always done that both General Hospital, since we're on General Hospital and Young and the Restless, even though we haven't said a word about them yet, what Days has done that neither one of the other two have done, and Bold and the Beautiful comes in a nice second. They are very true to the histories that they choose to be true to. Whereas General Hospital has no problem rewriting it and and almost shoving it down at us like, no, it's fine that it's rewritten. It's a soap. You're supposed to suspend your disbelief. Whereas, you know, Days um, really does pay homage and hold true to the history that we've already seen. And I and if General Hospital could take a cue on that note as well, they I think they would really have more of a loyal fan base and that's the problem the fan base is very fickle now because the show's been so fickle in the last 10 years well and you know even they could even take a note from young and restless because Mm -hmm. one of young and restless's main stories right now is dina's alzheimer's but they're not playing that every day they're playing their other stuff and you know you can shit on wyandar's writing as much as you want i'm loving it right now but I know a lot of people are not. But the thing is, is at least they have a balance. In general hospitals, it has that complete distance. I get it. Steve Burton is one of the biggest returns, whether you're liking it or not, in recent years. But they're not having a balance, and that's what's going to hurt stories that you want to tell in the long run. 
Because, yeah, you have, uh, like, 12 characters, 15 characters involved in this Jason Drew story, but you also have, like, 50 other characters that have stories that you're not wanting to tell because you want to feed so much off Steve Burton. And what's going to happen is in 2018, if it continues with Steve all day, every day, Steve Steve Burton is going to get tiring. Absolutely. And their other cardinal sin is they start to change the basic makeup of a character to fit the storyline. They did it with Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and it was a huge backlash, and now they're doing yep. it with Sam. And that's, that is starting. You can see the backlash starting already. You can tell. I mean, this, this thing is, is that with General Hospital, when they, get to, when they have a story, they play it out over the course of a whole year and beyond that. And they said that this is the umbrella, this is the big story for the next couple of months. And then but to me, when they have first originally said about the two Jasons, of course everybody thought about the real Todd storyline on One Life to Live. Everybody heard what mm-hmm. Frank said, you know, and it said he learned his lessons from what happened to, on One Life to Live, and it wouldn't be the same on General Hospital. I'm sorry. I watched One Life to Live when they had Trevor and Roger on. I saw the mm-hmm. brilliance that they did with how they – did that storyline like that was like unprecedented and yeah I know on Days of Our Lives they did it many moons ago but on General Hospital it was like okay we all know what's going to happen. Steve's going to be Jason even though some people was like well Billy should be Jason and in a way I I was on that boat too because I was like well that would give Steve Burton a different uh, opportunity to play a different character to show different emotions and not do the same old same old. At the same time I was like Billy Miller gets you know, if he's not going to play Jason, like everybody said, this gives him an opportunity to show that he's a talented actor. Many of us know Billy Miller from All My Children, and of course, Young and the Russell's. We know he can act. So for General yeah, Hospital to give him this story, I mean, basically, this is more Billy Miller's story that's playing out than Steve Yeah, Yeah, Steve Yes. What should have happened is General Hospital should have gotten off Twitter should have gotten off Facebook and actually uh-huh. outlined the damn soap opera because they they made the mistake of not holding all the cards close to their chest. They, you know, threw down a lot of cards. They should have kept the secret that the story is going to last nine months and just let fans flow with the story because mm-hmm. now what you're getting is us intelligent soap people coming on here and saying, well, what the hell are you going to do to stretch this out for nine months? Because what I'm seeing right now is a story that could be done by February Sweets. Yeah, and it seems, the year. As, horribly, as horrible as this is going to be, it seems like they're building up to the reversal reveal that Jason is really Billy Miller, and that's going to throw a whole wrench in the whole outplay, in, by the time February sweeps come along, it's going to be setting up to find out that Jason really is Billy Miller. And if they do that, they're going to turn off a whole a whole host of people who have basically stated from. that. I agree with that, too. 
because that was the original. I mean, in all honesty, I, I feel as though this, this is me, you know, speaking as a fan, in case you know how I am on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. My whole, <laughs> my whole scenario was, okay, you have Steve Burton come back. Keep in mind, Steve Burton left General Hospital because he wanted to, you know, be closer to home. He wanted that, that time. He was on Young and the Rosalys. Right. He played a different character. He won an Emmy for that. Okay, Frank, you, you pretty much stalked him at the Emmys. Well, you didn't know about it. You made him an offer. Of course, you know, we didn't know what the offer was, obviously, him coming back to General Hospital. Everybody on social media, he's back as Jason. Okay, Billy Miller, bye, see ya, adios. And it was like, hold up. In my head, I was like, what if Steve Burton is coming back to play a different character and not just Jason Morgan? Oh, my gosh. What if that actually feel- happened? And, and, I had and like, I had a um, video conference yesterday with an industry insider, and here's what they told me concerning this story. He said he does not know where they want to go, and here's what he meant by that. He meant that they want to leave it how it is. However he was telling me in the writer's room the idea has been tossed around on whether they should reverse it or not just for the added drama of it all. If they do reverse it, I think it would actually be a bad move because, yes, this is, you know, the Drew show right now, but there's leftover Jason emotions that you could play for a good three months. And everybody, you know, so that's the one thing. The second thing is everybody tuned back into GH to watch Steve return mm-hmm. as Jason. They did right. not tune in that, to watch that Billy Miller become Jason. So it would be a bad yeah. idea to reverse it at in general yeah. and at this stage in the game. They should have did it this, like this stage. Yeah of the game, like the beginning stage where Steve came back, you know, that epic moment where Andre would have said to Steve's character, you're Drew Kane. Like, oh, the slap, you know, like that would have been a slap across Carly and Sonny's face. That would have been like, oh, shoot, like da-da-da-da. And then months later, yeah, there would have been a reversal. But I feel like though General Hospital, and, and granted, I love General Hospital, even though some people say I have a love-hate relationship with them. Take it, give it. And I know the fans are very passionate and very, you know, outspoken right. on social media. I do feel as though the writers did feel pressure because of what was going to be said on social media. I agree with you. They should have turned off Twitter, uh-huh. Facebook, yep. and whatnot, and kept it down low. Like, nobody needed to know any of this. Like, it could have been a complete surprise. It would have been like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah Billy, Billy's Jason, no, Steve's Jason, and then Boom. Then they had the story. They should have right. played it the same way they played bringing on Michelle Stafford. And unfortunately, it was leaked, but it wasn't supposed to be leaked. And when we saw Nina for the first time, it was in a bed, period, point blank. And then we didn't see her again for like two weeks. And it was like, wait, is she on? That's what it was supposed to be. Is she on or isn't she on? But unfortunately, it was, yep. it was leaked. And so now they have Guys, to Guys, they have to cut in for a minute. Yes. I have to cut in for a minute. Apologize. Pam, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. I have to ask the, the next question because we're running out of time here. 
Okay, so to win the book Credence by Michael Easton, you must answer this question correctly. In what year did Michael Easton debut in the soap opera genre? Okay, hit it, guys. Oh. Go next. Okay. Oh. Y&R. Yeah. Oh, good for you. I was just going to say, please, people, don't think that it was days. <laughs> <sighs> well, Y&R. <laughs> Y&R. Love don't be giving, out, love don't be giving out answers. <laughs> I told you no, no giving out answers. Like when, we'll be like when Price right. is Right oh. gave away that car accidentally. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so um, I'm sorry that Carolyn's not here for this one because this is up her alley, and it and it's a subject that is very sensitive to me because I thought my mom had this, but Dina's Alzheimer's, I know there's been a lot of holes maybe in Y&R lately, but Y&R and everyone and Marla Adams is on spot. I am loving the Dina storyline. I absolutely, it's the... Unfortunately, sad to say, it's really the only thing worth watching on, from in my personal opinion, on their canvas at the moment. Um, having said that, the build-up to it annoyed the ever-loving crap out of me. Um, I really thought they were going, and kudos to them, because I really thought they were going in a different direction um, as far as Dina and Graham and et cetera, et cetera. I, I really did think they were going in a different direction. So kudos to them for keeping the Alzheimer's under the lid for as long as it was. Um, but she's playing it spot on. The writing is, is wonderful. Uh, and just the whole dynamics between all the surrounding players are great. So my thing is um, this is another thing that is being handled so beautifully. Um, it, you know, my great-grandmother, uh, Catherine, was heavily affected by Alzheimer's. And when I turn on Wyandar and when I watch Dina, I feel like I'm watching my uh, great-grandma. Um, I'm watching a woman who went very from very vibrant and very strong to a woman who didn't know who we were. And so the beats are being played wonderfully, they're touching on every single thing. Those writers, and I think Marla did too, they really did their research. This is definitely an Emmy-worthy story. It is definitely something that needed to be touched on in this manner um, because they did Alzheimer's and they didn't do it correctly. They didn't play their beats because at the time Peggy McKay was on recurring and for some reason that messed them up, which I don't understand because Marla Adams is on recurring too and she's on like three times a week. So, and then, you know, days went ahead, reversed the Alzheimer's story and called it Toppet Syndrome or whatever in the hell their made-up disease (laughs) was. So I'm really proud of Y&R for shining the correct light on this story. And Marla Adams, please 
somebody hand that woman an Emmy. For real. I think I think the reason that it's it's such a good story is because Mal Young's mom is, you know, he did an interview. Mal Young's mom passed away from Alzheimer's. Oh definitely. And yeah. you know, you had that and before, you know, Mal came in, Sally was pushing the story. She was doing the story too. She had somebody who also was dealing with Alzheimer's. And let it go, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but William J. Bell, he died of Alzheimer's complications. He had complications with Alzheimer's. So this storyline is not just a storyline. This is a personal storyline. So, of course, you know, them being, you know, also talking to the Alzheimer's Association, you know, talking to family members, getting that personal experience. You know, of course, you know, writers and, you know, actors, this is real. This is how, you know, yeah. and like you said, at one way you thought, I mean, let's be honest, I thought it was going to be like somebody was switching places. I thought Graham's mom was switching places with Dina, and I'm oh, like, I'm rumor that, you know, oh, God. Like that. And I said, please, they can't do that. That awful yeah, rumor that, that came out. Everybody believed yeah. that rumor, and oh, God. <laughs> I knew it wasn't yeah. true. And I, tried I mean, to I was praying. <laughs> I was like, please don't do this. I mean, if Young and Russell went down that route, then that would have messed everything up. But for this being a storyline with heart, and that's what Young and Russell is about. You know, they're doing the William J. Bell story, story treatment with this. It's being told with yeah, they heart are. and they soul. Are. And they have history because, you know, it's funny. I talked to... And, Casey, I know you're a part of some Young and the Russell's groups, too. A lot of people don't know the history of Ashley. That's They only true. knew certain things, you know, from, like, 10 years ago. They didn't know anything about, you know, 30 years ago. They didn't know how Jack felt towards his mother or and whatnot. So you have new fans mixed with old fans enjoying the storyline. It's, it's beautiful it's, right now. It's a story that's helping the show as a whole get back to its mm-hmm. roots. Y&R yep. was the soap in its heyday that had something for every single viewer that tuned in. And right now, yep. that's what Y&R is. Regardless if you're not liking the show or if you're liking one part of the show, I'm seeing the roots of the show get back to what it was. Like, you've got the business aspect with the Newman audit. You've got the social aspect with Dina Al- Dina's Alzheimer's. You've got the sex aspect with Phyllis and Billy. Um, It's really getting back to its roots, being the soap that has something for everybody. And I think in time, the writing will be improved. You know, Mao Young is trying to change a lot of things and bring the show into its new era and update it. Um, So I think going into 2018, it will be a good year for Wyandar and people will find more things to like about it. I mean, I'm not going to say that. I mean, I know this just started maybe the other day, about the no previews for the next episode and how they're beginning the show, like with kind of a a flashback, kind of like previously when Young and Hustlers and stuff to give you that last kind time. of history. <laughs> yeah, last time when the Young and the Hustlers. And I'm like, I'm applauding that because, some people may not have seen the day before or, you know, Victoria and JT. A lot of people don't know the history. So when they did that little, you know, memory, line, I was like, oh, okay, this is new. 
I like it. I hope so. You know, and it's good for people who forget something sometimes. I'm going to admit here, even though some people might think I'm the almighty powerful law when it comes to soap history, I forget some things too. And so I'm glad they're doing it. I'm just like, yes. I'm like, yeah. Previously on Young and the Russes, thank you, because I I tell that to my friends all the time. I'm like, previously on Young and the Russes, this is what you missed, but now, okay, thank you, Young and the Russes <laughs> yeah. people. Thank you, CBS. <laughs> now nobody has to do recaps. We all might as well shut down the recap sides of our soap site. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh. But I I like Young. I mean, they. Mal Young, he has done British soaps, and I watch British soaps, so I know how fast-paced they are. I know how mm-hmm. when they're done a storyline, they drop the character for about three months, let another character or characters take on a story arc. When that's done, then it's, you know, they rotate the cast. I like what Young and and this is not me because everybody says I'm a Young and Russell's cheerleader, but I do appreciate the fact that they are trying to move forward instead of getting stuck. And that's yes. been the problem for two soaps. Yeah. Out of the four soaps, two of the soaps are still kind of stuck in their routine, while two of them are changing. They're trying to budge. They're trying to adjust to today's society. Yeah, days is getting back to its heyday, and Wyandar is updating itself. And I think mm-hmm. in 2018, these soaps will be unstoppable. Yeah, absolutely. Can I can I do do a off topic on YNR topic question? You know what? Before you do that, since we only have uh, just under six minutes left, let me ask the last question. Now, this question is not going to be about the books. For what? Oh, how do I explain this? Anyways, to win a copy of Gene Cooper's book. Um, not young, still restless, a memoir, or there's a choice. Eric Braden's book, I'll Be Damned. You must answer this question correctly. In what year did Agnes Nixon get her first head writing job in soaps? Tweet to Take Two Radio the correct answer. First correct answer wins a choice. Okay, guys, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, okay. Anthony, and I, then we're going to wrap it up. When um, Victoria's when Victoria and JT's son first came on campus, I saw an amazing amount of chemistry between him and Jason Thompson, and it almost seemed like the writers were going to give us the he has a crush on the mother step husband son storyline, and then they pulled back real quick from it. Did any of the rest of you see that, or is that just something I wanted to see? I thought well. I saw more of a story where Reed doesn't have JT in the country and he just needs a father figure. Um, Maybe if The Young and the Restless was actually in primetime, maybe they would have done that. (laughs) Um, I didn't see that. I just saw a story where Reed was in desperate need of a father figure because JT wasn't in the country. Okay. There was a, a huge chemistry there that I think they dropped the ball on. And even if it isn't a romantic storyline, even if it was played out the way you were seeing it, I think that that was somewhere where they really dropped the ball. There was great chemistry between the two of them. 
Sorry. Oh. I just was curious. You're good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anthony, you'll come to find out that anything you say, anything you want to say is allowed here. I've said some things. <laughs> you can go back, listen to old episodes. No, I ask some... Casey. Yeah. Casey said so, it all already, so, so I'm not surprised yeah. anymore. And as my replacement, carry on the legacy of saying anything you want to say. <laughs> pick on any actor you want to pick on. Just have fun with the show. And that's what I'm going to miss. It's a really fun show, and you can just have all the fun you want. Is anyone else tired of yeah. Hillary? <laughs> I like the actor. She's my black Jill. I love my Hillary. The actress is great, but I'm just so tired of the sameness. GC Buzz needs to go, and she needs to sleep around a little more. And yes, right thank now you. she should be she should be on her second marriage to Devon. I mean, they really need to have her married to him like six times before the show goes up. Like she should really take the full course of being the new Jill. I want her in 11 marriages. I want her in countless affairs. I mean, and Michelle Morgan is sexy. She lost that baby weight like nobody's business. Uh-huh. Yes. One day yes. she, you know, had that big bouquet of flowers in her. She popped out the baby, and on a Monday she looked like a supermodel. I mean, they need to take full advantage of her sexiness and of her balls-to-the-walls great acting skills. Yeah, and I think to throw, you know, I like I said, I, I'm so over with the triangles on the bold and the beautiful. However, if she were to make a serious play for Kane, I would still be on yep. board. Still be on board. Guys, the two of them have a, a, an awesome chemistry. Go ahead. Guys, I have to... I have to interrupt you. We have to wrap in a minute or two. Oh, okay. 90 seconds, so to speak. So I the want to thank word. you all for coming on. And um, we'll see you in two weeks. Absolutely. I am working on my list. Thank you, everybody. Thank <laughs> And I won't get... I'll get all sappy in two weeks, but... Um, oh yeah, you do that. My normal. <laughs> this will just be my normal outro. Find me on Twitter at CaseyHutch99. I'm always tweeting about the soaps. Some days I'm very bitchy about them. Just go with it because I get annoyed very easily, especially by Bold and Beautiful. And happy holidays to everybody. And yeah, see you in two weeks. Okay, real quick, because we got 40 seconds left. Everybody has till 9.15 Eastern Time to answer the three remaining questions for the three remaining books at Take Two Radio. Happy holidays, everybody. Welcome aboard, Anthony. We'll bring Michael next week. Something happened there. Don't know what. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for calling thanks in, for Candace. Tuning in. Thank you. Yes, Happy holidays. Holiday. Good night. Good night, all.